if we don't want to go out and buy a single family house, we could invest that money into a syndication that we create to buy a bigger asset. So if we wanted to buy a $10 million property and our 1031 money was insufficient to cover the entire equity requirement for that property, I could do what's called a tenants in common structure. If you're a residential real estate agent earning $200,000 a year and you want to grow your passive income, this show's for you. Learn the secrets other agents use and hear from experts in our field in order to guide you along your journey to investing in assets like apartment communities so that you can turn your commissions into cash flow. I'm Randall DeCleared. Let's go, baby. All right, welcome back. It's great to have you on today. I am going to talk to you about some of the things that we have been working on over here in the company and then kind of go through a deal. We'll talk about a 1031 that we're working on, give you some of the finer details on that deal. But first, just want to say huge thanks to you for listening, for jumping on. I appreciate the comments, the private messages, and that sort of thing that you guys are sending. Um, Helps us keep going and keep this show alive. We have two big things that have just happened. One, we hit 100,000 downloads, which is awesome. Again, thank you. And we are ranked now top 3% worldwide of podcasts. So that's very cool. I really appreciate all of the support and ongoing support that you guys show. So thanks for that. As such, I always like to ask if you're getting value out of the show, go on, rate, and review. It is a huge help. And that's what helps get the ranking out there, helps us get guests on the show. We've got an episode coming up on Monday with Troy Schlink, I want to say is his name. Hope I'm not butchering that. But he is an agent in the Austin market. So we have an awesome conversation. We have the 100th episode coming up, and that is going to be with AJ Klink. And he is from Capstone and Catalyst Capital Partners. Capstone, if you're not familiar, they are a huge brokerage. They do a ton of transaction volume all across the US. So it's a great conversation. We wanted to put him on the 100th episode just because it was a great combo. So those two are coming up. We have a lot more that are coming up. But again, it's thanks to your support and you tuning in, listening to what we're talking about that allows us to get those guests on the show. I've got a few coming up that I'm excited about. I'm going to be on a few other episodes of other people's podcasts. So I'll be sure to keep you informed when those are dropping as well. If you have any questions or you ever want to reach out to me, please do so. You can get us at podcast at Agents Building Cashflow. I'm happy to chat with any questions that you have. I'll get them and I will definitely respond. All right. So today, what I want to talk about just briefly is a 1031 that we just recently did, or actually in the middle of, and kind of what the deal looked like and how we're using it to start a 1031 chain so that we can just have some properties that are producing some cash flow for us and what that process looked like. So what we did is we went out, we bought a lakefront property recently, had two acres, it had a house, and it was already platted for three lots. It was a very cool deal. I'd been looking for waterfront property for quite some time. I found this deal. It was out in Seguin. We ended up buying it. I got a good deal on it because I was constantly looking. I was in the market looking. So we closed on it and I went through the process of getting the new addresses set up because it was already platted. I didn't have to do replatting with the city. So I just got new addresses set up and then we listed the lots on either side of the house cut it down into like 0.69 acres per lot, sold off a lot that had a garage on it, sold off another lot that was completely vacant. And then we kept the house that was in the middle that had waterfront access, put in a dock, rehab the house, did the whole thing. And our intention was to keep the property, to rent it out, do short-term rentals and that sort of thing. But we hadn't done any short-term rentals before. And so we put it up and had some interest, but simultaneously put it listed for sale. We ended up selling it. So 
now we're, what we did was we got the 1031 set up. So for anyone looking to do a 1031, you haven't done one before, I'm just going to explain the process briefly so that you know the steps that you should be taking. It's relatively straightforward. When you are thinking about selling your property, you should talk to a QI, a qualified intermediary. It's basically can Google 1031 exchange company in your area, find one or go to like a national brand or something. Their job is essentially to take all the proceeds from the sale and hold it in an escrow account for you until you identify an asset that you're then going to deploy that capital into. So then when you go and you say, hey, I identified a property, you have 45 days after the sale of your property, the money goes straight to the intermediary. Then you identify a property within 45 days and you have 180 days after that to close on that property. There's some other things around that. You can identify a number of properties, I believe, and then actually buy one or you can buy multiple properties. Again, all that money has to be allocated. If you don't allocate all that money, then you will be taxed on whatever you don't, right? I'm not a CPA, but talk to your CPA, essentially, when you're going to do these things. Talk to the intermediary as well, because they'll give you a full list of things you can and cannot do, or I guess repercussions if you do certain things, right? So in our situation, what we did is we have now closed on the sale of our asset and we're taking the proceeds and we are going to put that into an income producing property of some kind. We have a few different options, right? So we're launching a fund and we could take some of those proceeds if we set the fund up the right way and put it into the fund. We're not doing that necessarily with the fund that we are creating, but there are other options, I guess, if we don't want to go out and buy a single family house, if we don't want to go out and buy, say, a multifamily, we could invest that money into a syndication that we create to buy a bigger asset, right? So if we wanted to buy a $10 million property and our 1031 money was insufficient to cover the entire equity requirement for that property, I could do what's called a tenants in common structure, where I take my 1031 money and it goes in as one of the tenants and the tenants in common structure. And then I could raise capital for the remainder. So let's just say we had a million dollars in our 1031 money that was going in. Then if it was a $5 million raise, we need $4 million in another tick structure. So that could be another fund that's investing. That could be individual investors that are coming in into a syndication model. It could be a number of things. It could be one investor that's coming in. But the reason for doing that is so that my 1031 money comes in and it owns a portion of the deal, whatever percentage that $1 million gets me. In this case, if it's $1 million and it was a $5 million total raise, then it has 20% of the entire deal, right? So that's just how that works. Happy to go into detail on that as well. But the point is, it would allow us to be in a bigger deal that we otherwise would not be able to buy with just our 1031 money, right? The alternative is, you know, we just go buy a smaller asset, we go buy something else. But in order to get into these bigger deals, boom, we could do a tenants and common structure and it's a very cool setup. So if you have a situation like that and you're curious about different types of investments that you could do and you're not finding anything in your market that's just like a great return for your 1031, you may want to look at some of these syndication models where it's a one-off asset and you can put your money to work in that asset through a tenants and common structure. Again, not a CPA or an attorney. So make sure you consult with those professionals in order to understand how that process works and make sure that you have all the documents required in order to do that process. Getting back to the 1031. So if you do this indication model and you're going to 1031 into it, you would just then go to your to your qualified intermediary, the QI, and say, hey, here's the property that we're going to buy. We're going to do it in this tenants of common structure. They're going to need the funds by such and such date here are the wiring instructions. And then once they get closer to closing, then they're going to wire the funds directly to the title company where you're closing. 
And again, you have 180 days to do that once you identify that asset or that partnership deal that you're going to invest through the tenants and common structure. So just a very cool way. I just wanted to kind of highlight that some of the things that are swirling around in our heads about what we're looking for. We're looking for smaller multis as well, you know, 20 to 50 unit type things that we could just put that money into, uh, manage ourselves and then go from there. So again, just wanted to quickly go through some of the recent wins that we've had. Talk about a 1031 deal that we're working on right now. Some of the upcoming guests that we're going to have on the show. And just again, thank you so much for being a listener and for coming on and spending your time with me throughout the week. So stay tuned. We're going to have more. We're going to keep it going. Hope you're getting a lot out of the show. And it's great to have you on. Surprisingly, most of the agents we speak with got into real estate, hoping to gain passive income and become work optional. However, only one in five ever start investing. Most are simply too afraid to start. Once you get educated by listening to this show, you'll be able to overcome that fear and become the one in five who are finding financial freedom. Don't miss a single episode. If you want to stay up to date, the best way is to make sure you're subscribed. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it now. And we'll catch you on the next episode.